welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and today we are getting into the second part of a two-part series all about witchcraft and cats. And it's a fun one today. But first, I always like to pull things I did over the weekend to help with my own personal craft. But I'm going to zip through it as quick as possible (laughs) so we can get right into the kitties. I did get some well-deserved mom time this, uh, this weekend with my older son, who came home. His fall football camp starts this week, and then classes start in a couple weeks, so... It really was a perfect time to you know, just kind of be home and relax and catch up with his friends and have his own well-deserved downtime too. I did uh, go wine tasting with my mom, which is always fun. Um, but we talked about, remember those uh, family cookbooks I mentioned last week that she handed down to me? One back to the late 1800s. Oh my gosh, I've honestly been obsessing over these cookbooks. And of course, you know that movie, Julie and Julia, Scott, Merrill, Streep in it, um, Streep, 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 uh, Amy Adams. It's basically where the Julia Child's cookbook was gone through recipe by recipe and the journey of all the cookings were logged in a blog. So I literally asked my mom if she would be willing to do something like that. Um, I don't know, we'll see. We're going to have an official, quote unquote, official meeting about it next weekend. But even if I didn't blog about it, I think it would be an incredible journey to do something similar like what they did in the movie um, with my own mom. So see, the moon this week, well, she is in her last quarter phase, uh, downsizing, you know, a little each day on her waning descent. And what's good during a waning phase? Well, it's a really good time to release and let go. Now, banishing spells are good this week. Um, it's a great week to break a habit. And let's be honest about habits, right? They are super, super hard to break. So use all of the tools and spells you can in your craft to help with the process if you need to break one. Now, during a waning phase, you want to remove obstacles for anything that's holding you back from your goals. This week is a good week to release, to cleanse, and to let go. Okay, I have my notes. I really want to jump in. Um, I had so much fun last week, and I want to go jump right into the second part of our Witchcraft in Cats. First, I have a quick ad, and then we're going to go right into it. let's start with just a quick recap of where we left off last week. So witchcraft and cats. We started back in Egypt for this one, long before the Renaissance period, beyond the Vikings in the 1100s, and we went back to the ancient civilization time of 3150 BC. In Egypt, two of their feminine deities are Bastet and Sekhmet, both daughters of the god Ra. And Ra is an Egyptian god of the sun. So his daughter Bastet is the goddess of cats. She is usually shown, you know, as an actual cat or with the body of a woman in the head of a cat. She is a home, a protection, and a fertility goddess. 
And the Egyptians believed cats were actually incarnations of the goddess Bastet, so it was considered a crime against the deity herself if you killed one. Rather, cats were treated like gods and goddesses themselves. So Ra's other daughter, Sekhmet, is a hunter, and she protects the pharaohs. Sekhmet has the body of a woman with the head of a lion, and she is known as one of the strongest, most fierce hunters of the Egyptians. Sekhmet would actually help lead the Egyptians into battle. Now, the other Egyptian goddess associated with cats is Maftet, which means the runner. Maftet is a feminine goddess with the head of a cheetah who has braided fur on her head with scorpion tails at the end. She is a goddess of protection. So we mentioned other early gods and goddesses associated with cats and that many cultures have them. Babylonian mythology has Nurgle, a ferocious king of protection and god who is seen as a lion. Dawan is a Hindu goddess shown as a hybrid tiger and lion. Kasha is a Japanese goddess, a big, huge cat that transforms into house cats to live among humans. Misi Peshu is with the Ojibwa mythology, and she looks like a cougar uh, that has horns and is associated with protection, medicine, and fishing. So last week, we walked through the history, and we talked about the strong connection with the Norse goddess Freya and cats, and how in medieval times, a new god um, was introduced, a new religion um, that was Christianity, and this new religion basically told their followers that cats were evil and cats were associated with pagans. So by the you know, Middle Ages, that 500 to 1500 range, the Christian religion basically said cats were associated with witchcraft and darkness. So war was declared against them. Yes, an actual true war. And it was Pope Gregory IX who said, cats are Satan's spirit. Now, for those who were loyal to Pope Gregory IX, they followed his word and they were killing cats. Last week, I did quote that famous saying, while the cat is away, the mice will play. And oh, how they played. By the 1300s, the bubonic plague was in full force. And the mice, the rats, and the other rodents carried the plague-ridden fleas from village to village. Now, the church still insisted that the plague was actually a message from their god as a punishment for their followers' sins. So, cats still continued to get a bad rap, and they were killed and persecuted. But then, someone else started getting hunted and persecuted. Witches. Females and felines were still together in many villages. And in those homes that were still protected by the cats, there were no rodents. These homes were free of the plague. So, you know, those homes with cats doing their cat stuff <laughs> were plague-free, but the church insisted that this was some type of trickery and that any healthy plague-free home that had cats was said to be a witch's home. And this home possessed some type of alternate power that protected them from the disease. So with that, a new war was launched, a war against witches, a witch hunt. So we went over many associations with cats and witches. We talked about, of course, cats' feminine power and witches' feminine power. Cats are out with the moon. Witches are tied to the moon. Cats have a strong intuition, witches also. Cats are about self-care. They're about grooming. They're about beauty. Witches 
are about self-care, grooming, and beauty. Cats, highly tied to the spirit realm. Witches, highly tied to the spirit realm. Cats are self-aware. They have that sixth sense. And witches, the same. Cats are independent. Witches are independent. Cats are stealthy and nimble. Witches are stealthy and nimble. Cats, shapeshifters. Witches, shapeshifters. Cats choose to gift you their time. Witches, ditto. (laughs) Cats, inherently suspicious. Witches, inherently suspicious. Cats have boundaries. They don't just let anyone in, and witches are the same. So on and on, right? It's no wonder that witchcraft and cats have gone hand in hand for a very, very long time. And I had lots of fun last week, you know, going through all of that history. But today, we are getting into some of the actual workings that we can do with them by harnessing and directing their magical powers. All right, let's first start with protecting our own special little witchy sidekicks. As our familiars, as our counterparts, our connections to the other realms, you know, we need to make sure our kitties, and all of our animals for that matter, are safe as they work beside us and share our homes. So my top three things for keeping our witchy sidekicks healthy. Number one, I've got witch's bell on your cat's collar. Now, bells in witchcraft are extremely powerful. And, of course, they're used for their sounds and their protection. A witch's bell really is a staple in most of our practices. And while they are certainly beautiful to look at and, of course, come in many shapes and sizes, the intention of protection still stands true in our practices today, just as it did with our ancestors way back when. So in addition to using uh, bells for protection, of course, they can be used for purification, cleansing, and celebration. But... For our feline companions, a witch's bell, one of one of your own witch's bells, you know, on your cat's collar is a great way to extend the blanket of protection on and around them as they wander about. Also, you know, along the line of protection, a specific protection spell just for your cat is great. However, you do this with a you know, carving protection sigil in a candle and then burning it with your intention, using a candle in general sigils or not for protection are good but we have many options when it comes to protective magic so you know take your pick but do something special just for your cat so it's protected as it lives and works alongside you all right number two i've got um watch the plants that you are growing um, and have in and around your home now if your cat is inside only that's going to be a lot easier if your cat is an indoor and outdoor traveler just double check what you're planting in your own yard Obviously can't control other yards (laughs) and those around us, but we definitely can protect them in our own personal space. And as witches, you know, we are probably going to have some things growing in our own personal gardens that other backyards might not have. The Gardening Know-How website has a great list of plants that are harmful to cats, and they have it broken down into three main groups. Ones that cause mild reactions, ones that cause moderate reactions, and then those that are severely toxic. Now, if you want a full list, I highly recommend you do your own research or even go to their site for the suggestions. But I did pull their toxic list for today so I could read it off. Now, quoting directly from the gardening uh, know-how, they say, severely toxic plants can include any of the following. First, with the exception of peace lily and calla lily, All other lily varieties are major threats to cats, um, causing kidney failure and death. 
it only takes a small, tiny amount to result in poisoning. Second, they've got hydrangea shrubs. Um, they contain a toxin similar to cyanide and can quickly lead to oxygen deprivation and death. All parts of the sago palm are considered poisonous with you know, the seeds, the nuts, being the most toxic part of the plant. So ingestion results in acute gastrointestinal symptoms, uh, tremors, and severe liver failure. Third, no shock here, oleander. <laughs> For all of us, right? But oleander, even in small amounts, can kill your cat. All parts are highly toxic, resulting in digestive problems, vomiting, diarrhea, irregular heartbeat, depression, and death. Fourth, they've got mistletoe. Um, this can also lead to death. Other symptoms include digestive irritation, low heart rate, and um, low temperature, breathing difficulty, staggering, excessive thirst, seizures, and coma. Last, they say in small doses, even a couple bites of the skunk cabbage plant can cause burning and swelling of the mouth and a choking sensation. Eating large portions of the leaves can, in extreme cases, be fatal. So again, read more at the Gardening Know-How website. Just look for information on plants poisonous to cats. Okay, back to my top three. The third one I've got is um, just general care, right? Keeping our familiars as healthy as possible is beneficial to both them and to us. So, you know, go the extra mile. Take those extra steps for everything your own personal cat needs. Food, vaccinations, you know, grooming, toys, lounge areas. <laughs> Even better if you have something in a windowsill set up so, you know, they can soak up the sun during the day and the moon rays during the night. And love, love, and lots of love. All right, so now that our kitties are safe, what are some things we can do with witchcraft and cats? Let's start off with the easy ones. You know, back to the origin of cats being honored as a goddess, and, you know, and celebrated with the Egyptians. Really, a statue of Bastet, Sekhmet, or Maftet is a great way to have a powerful guardian. And honestly, one you could probably empower as a servitor, too. You know, and, and have it looking either over your home or even better, directly as a servitor for your cat, protecting it. We also talked about mirror magic a couple weeks ago. You know, letting your cat see its reflection in a mirror can be a powerful tool. We know cats are part of other realms, right? And mirrors are definite gateways for this. Now, I will often see my cats reacting to something long before, if, if I even do, ever feel it myself. Now, if you have cats, you know, right? You've seen it. They are aware of things that are often beyond our ability to see or even sense ourselves. Now, there are some really good and fun magic we can work with from the scuffs and shedding of our cats. And today, I'm going to grab the three easy ones. We've got cat hair, cat claws, and cat whiskers. Okay, let's do cat hair first. For our longer fur babies, this is an easy one. Cat fur is widely considered part of the house and furniture when sharing our homes with felines. You can fight it all you want, but the hair is there. So instead of just sweeping or vacuuming it up, let's use it. Really think about color magic here and what the fur looks like. While we are not going to have you know, natural purple fur, some of the general color magic elements are really going to give you direction in your magic. So white fur... 
you know, I'm going to jump off with this one um, with white only because I think in our practice so much revolves around the color black or tends to in my opinion. You know, if your cat has white fur or patches of white, this is a great opportunity for purifying, for cleansing, maybe even for peace and balance. Uh, perfect to use on a new moon spell or a dark moon spell. Um, ritual, you know, that new beginning, that fresh step, that clean slate start. Okay, black fur, protection all the way. If your cat is all black, you truly have a black, a black cat, then you have a strong connection to a bunch of stuff with them. But for fur magic, you know, using shedded black fur is going to invite your protection elements, warding against negativity, uh, grounding and strength. You know, black cat hair is really good for divination, for binding and working with spiritual powers. All right, yellow or, you know, that orangey um, type fur, you know, yellow is such a happy color and normally associated with joy. Yellow and orange tones are going to give us that abundance, um, that energy, you know, like the sun. Think about maybe peace, success, truth, and happiness for it. Now, gray fur you know, this would be fine. Or even working with, you know, like your tuxedo kitties that have both black and white fur. Gray is about balance. You know, if you're in the fashion world, gray truly is considered a neutral. Um, so it's a perfect blend of white and black. But I really think uh, balance is the way to go with gray. Um, think of that in-between realms, that halfway point. Now, some gray cats, you know, they can look a little blue. For sure, the, the Russian blues have that beautiful blue-gray color or tint to their coats. So here depending on what the fur looks like on your end, you know, you could incorporate some of the blue qualities to, uh, to your spell. But either way, gray is good for persistence, maybe, uh, deity work for sure, shielding and balance. Now, another natural color for cats is probably going to be the brown colored fur. You might be able to tie this in with your orange and yellow ranges, but brown fur is a true color with cats. And for this one, I would think about grounding and grounding yourself. You know, shedded brown fur is going to be amazing for grounding your energy with Mother Earth. Think of tree branches, think of bark, think of the ground, think of dirt, think of the strength and power of Mother Nature. Uh, brown fur is good for family, familiars, and decision-making spells. Now, most cats are not just one color, right? Their fur is an amazing blend and shades of many colors. We've got our tabbies, we've got torties and calicos. They're all lots of little colors mixed together. So more than likely, we will have options. But it's not just about the color of the hair. Your own cat's personality is going to bring a bunch of very specific energy to the workings you do with it. It all adds up. So with that said, what can we do with cat hair? So first and foremost, using cat hair refer to intensify our spells. This is going, there's so many different areas we can go with this. Again, the color of the fur, the personality of your cat, the spell you're using it in, it's really going to intens intensify, excuse me. But if you're pulling some very specific stuff, think about the day of the week you're doing your spell on or the season or the event, um, tie everything together. You've got so many different powers to work with on this one. Second, I've got added to a besom or a wand. Again, color of the fur and the personality of the cat are going to bring some very specific energy to your besom or wand. And you've got some amazing choices there. So now I'm doing a podcast on not magic next. Honestly, selfishly, <laughs> because I need to get my holiday gifts going. And I know handmade blankets are on the list for my boys. 
But doing something very small with knot magic and our cat's fur would also be amazing. If you have enough, everybody probably just laughed on that one. Um, we all have way too much fur around the house. <laughs> but if you have enough, you could actually make a small dolly or even a cat figurine out of your own cat's hair. Now, with that in mind, lastly, I've got shape shifting. You know, having actual cat hair in your hand when you are trying to go to different realms, um, to different places, uh, but having that your cat's hair in your hand is really said to help with this. Okay, next I've got cat claws. So these, these are not as easily found as the fur that you know, magically appears everywhere, whether we like it or not. But there are some places that they will naturally appear if you look for them. A fun little fact, all cats shed their claws, even the biggies like the lions and the tigers. Now they don't lose their claw. In fact, you know, their nicely sharpened shredders <laughs> are still on their cute little paws. It's the outside layer of keratin that falls off every three-ish months um, that we find on the ground and around their scratching posts. Now, finding a cat's claw is a good find. And what I do is I grab it up and I put it in a little tiny jar, like a little apothecary jar, and I store it for use later. Now, what does a cat's claw mean? First and foremost, think of protection. Need I say more, right? It's a claw. <laughs> Second, hunting and battle. So if you're doing spell work to help you get through a battle or a fight, add a cat claw. Third, think about control. You know, think of a cat grabbing onto something, holding on, like digging their claws in. So if you're doing spell work and want that, that something extra, you know, you need that extra hit of protection or that extra surge of control, grab a cat claw and add it. It will intensify your spell. The last one is cat whiskers. Now, I might be going a little against the grain on this one. I'm going to say generally, if you read up on cat whiskers, you will more than likely find good stuff on um, Lucky Charms or even help with travel. And for sure, using cat whiskers and spells with that energy will absolutely help. But if I may, offer another use with cat whiskers. First, if you find one, woohoo! Cat whiskers are not dropped often. Just think, they only have, what, like eight on each side? Eight to 12, depending on the cat. And of those 20-ish total whiskers, only two or three drop in a year. So you are lucky. No doubt lucky if you find a cat whisker. So thus, using one in your spell is powerful. If for nothing else, how rare it is to have one. So absolutely. They are amazing to add into your good luck and travel spells. But for me... It's all about boundaries. A cat's whisker is, quote unquote, supposed to be the width of a cat's body. So as they travel, again, back to the travel spells, you know, the whiskers should tell the cat what areas they can and can't get into safely. Their whiskers are their boundary signals. So for me, if you are struggling with someone who is not respecting your boundaries, a cat whisker added to your spell work for it will give your workings that added reach, that additional power, that stop sign, honestly saying, hey, no more. In addition to boundaries, cat whiskers are really good for helping us with obstacles. You know, those, those things that are blocking our way or stopping us. So just like using them to enforce our boundaries with others, we can use them to break down obstacles that are blocking us. And of course, help us navigate and move forward. 
So another good use, though, is spiritual awareness and astral travel. Cat whiskers are really good sensory aids. So cats in general are that bridge, that you know, bridge to other realms, and using their whiskers as protection and guidance when we ourselves are traveling is highly instrumental. All right, what about witchcraft and cats for our office? You know, I say let's go big on this one. Cats are big energy. They're powerful. They're strong. They're aggressive. They're fierce hunters. They are also the exact opposite. They're loving. They're cuddly. They're affectionate. They are a wonderful, beautiful balance of both sides, right? Cats are just as independent as they are a strong member of our family. You have that wonderful harmony of, you know, like rest and then boom, instant action. Cats are courageous and they are the ultimate association with feminine. So ladies listening to this episode, let's put our big girl pants on and be the badass corporate business women that we are meant to be. Just think balance and we've got it. So cats are risk takers, right? And as scary as the next step in you know, the business world may seem, I promise, I promise the reward is not the same without the risk. You know, you may grow, you may be very successful without taking a bunch of risks, but you want that punch? You want the claws out? Climb up the ladder? Handle your business and battles reward? Yeah, you got to take the risk for that one. So here, cat's claw. Do a spell for the office and success and be sure to add a cat's claw. It will give you the protection while working hard and it will give you that added spice of you know, claws out. I'm winning my battles and I'm fighting for my own personal success. Just remember though, cats are balance. There is an art to doing this. And we as, as feminine business, <laughs> business people, we've got it. People may not remember the actual words you use, but they will always remember how you made them feel. So we don't want actual casualties, but we do want our own personal victory. There is an art to it. There is a balance. All right. Cats also have boundaries, right? We have all felt it before. Boundaries are natural, but they're not always respected. And don't just think of physical boundaries when working with cat whiskers. They can represent a bunch of areas. Physical, you know, physical is certainly one of them, but there are verbal boundaries. There are emotional boundaries, even material boundaries um, that we can have at our offices. So cat whiskers in spell workings for these are perfect. And it's hard, right? It's, it's hard to set boundaries and even sometimes harder to enforce them if they're broken. But you are worth it. We are worth it. Our boundaries matter. And protecting them, especially as you work and in your own, you know, your own workspace, it's important. So grab a cat whisker. For this one, do a spell to help. You can be a badass at business and still have boundaries. It's a balance. Yet again, there's an art to it. Now, cats in general are considered pretty good luck. So let's bring that luck into the office. We can use cat fur for this, and you can add it directly to your luck, uh, your prosperity and abundance spells for work. Again, think of the color of the fur to help aid you in your spell work, and of course, the personality of the cat it has fallen from. It all matters. Now, if you are looking for a connection to the spiritual side of things, cats really do help us with this portal. They seem to know things. They just do. And I see this from years of experience with them. They just know things that we are not able to see or understand yet. So if things are happening at your office and you think there is like an energy that maybe is just not right, but you yourself can't put a finger on it, you know what I mean. Trust animals. 
especially cats. They know. They will act differently around negative energy or negative people. You can visually see them change. Dogs too. Actually, lots of animals know. So if something is happening, but you don't know or quite know what it is yet, use cat fur in a protection spell, bring it into the office, and keep yourself safe. Well, what do you think? I think we did it. I know I glossed over a bunch of stuff and quickly zipped through a lot, but we got most of the big picture in of witchcraft and cats here in the two episodes. So I really appreciate you sticking with me for both of them. Now, I did write a poem for today's podcast, so I'm going to go and grab it. All right, I've got my poem, and here we go. Claws, whiskers, and fur, I slowly add and stir. I call the powers that be, the witchy cat and me. Swift and quickly strike, cut just like a knife. This claw I add in now, its protection I allow. Firm and stoutly say, please do watch your way. The whiskers now will show my boundaries high and low. Claws, whiskers, and fur, I slowly add and stir. The witchy cat and me, I call the powers that be. Well, that is all I have for you this week. I really do appreciate you joining me again. I hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend, and I'll talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, Please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes.